Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. You're listening to the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. My name is Daniel Hopewell here with Simon Mulaney and this is episode 96, Lead Generation. Is it time to change the narrative? And today we have Callum Dudley from Neo Media World returning to the show. Who's going to tell us why the name of this podcast is rubbish and why we need to change it? Callum, welcome back. How's it going, mate? Thanks for having me on, guys. But um, yeah, it's not, I wouldn't call it rubbish. I just think that there's a, there's a time for a change and it's probably been a bit overdue. No, I mean, I was I was being slightly facetious there, but this is something that we've we've discussed ourselves a lot, um, the terminology around the generation and the narrative. And, you know, it's definitely something... Uh, We've discussed on the podcast before, and obviously internally, me and Simon discuss it all the time. But to get us um, to get us started, to give us a context um, for the people listening, I know you and Simon were having a chat about this. Uh, I don't know where, but you can tell me about it. Uh, maybe like over messaging or something. But can you just sort of uh, give us a bit of a background into what you guys were talking about? Essentially, the conversation just kicked off around sort of a, a narrative change that I'm trying. I've been trying to push for a number of years, and particularly in 2023 is something that I'm going to be making a bit more of a beeline about and fundamentally it just comes down to frustration with the numerous amounts of conversations you have with either current clients or prospective clients you mentioned the term lead gen and generally the higher or more senior level clients you speak to it instantly turns them off because of mm-hmm. historical issues uh, dodgy dealings with it probably mainly comes down to the practices and what have you that implemented in the past, but also the terminology of what a lead and the expectation of it is. And um, so I, I'm very much of not saying we need to overhaul what we do. I just think the way in which we talk about it and fundamentally we're, it's like under a, a lump sum, you can say you stick everything under the term affiliates, which actually even lead gen still gets put under the term affiliates, even though it's not really got anything to do with each other. Um, but ultimately what is a lead? And that's probably most most of the time we have a, a conversation with any client is determine or define what a lead is. But fundamentally, every lead is a prospect. And I feel that mm. prospects summarizes fundamentally what we all do in terms of data capture in a much clearer way and sets a clearer expectation for fundamentally what it is we all do and what we're delivering for a client. And I think if we can clear that up so that when we're having even the initial conversations, there's, I don't know, maybe a fresher perspective as to what we're doing. And we have sort of somehow remove some of the legacy issues. So do you know when you speak at like a um, senior level to certain advertisers and things, so what, when you sort of say lead generation, are they, I'd love to know what in their mind they envisage. Do you like, because it, it clearly isn't, it's different to what we sort of think, I guess, right? I think it's just it's all about perception. I think when, especially anything that comes from third parties, if it hasn't originated on their own website, they're just dubious as to is the data real? Uh, is that has that person actually got tr- and a true intent? Um, what's the actual real value of that data? Because naturally, they'll always say that it's cheaper for them to capture data on their own website. Half the time, or into. The biggest hurdle I find we come up against is actually what you, again, coming back to sort of a definition of what a lead is. Some clients will view a lead as a page land. 
Yeah, I've, no, I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard people say that before, and you're like, hey, that's not a lead. Yeah. So, like, say from a channel perspective, or even when we are running activity for a client, they'll be like, oh, our, our cost per lead is X, and we want you to either be hitting that or below it. And you think, oh, hang on a second, you're fat, like 50% of your leads are not, there's no leads there at all. There's no data captured. It's someone hitting your website, you're not even measuring how long they're on the site for, like, how high is your bounce rate? That's not even factored in. And um, I just feel that it, it's just, um, it, it's probably like just their general top line dealings with it that they've had, I don't know, 10 years ago, bought some third party data from a iffy database, whatever it might be. It might be a blind, just a data, a pure out data purchase, no real intent pre GDPR, and just view it as that buying a third party database is not really going to be of any benefit to us. But ultimately, that's not the way, well, depending on obviously who's looking after it, and I don't think most of the market would do this anyway, is that there has to be a natural customer action and intent, then go through the various different platform processes, whether that's using DataVault or another alternative platform to actually validate and check that data to ensure that that client's only receiving something that is hit through every diligence check we can possibly throw at it before it hits their system. And I'll say, most clients where we initially speaking to them saying, well, we want you to send all your traffic to our website. It's like, well, then I can't check it and I can't guarantee you that we're scrubbing out the Mickey Mouse's, the Donald Duck's incomplete telephone numbers or addresses. I mean, I think on one client, we scrape roughly 30% of the data before it, before it gets to them. They're like, oh, but they're all leads. It would count towards their KPI of volume. I, I couldn't care less about volume because if it, I can deliver you a thousand leads, but if only 20 of them have got potentially to even convert, why am I sending you the other 980 appointments? Mm. Not saying that every lead you send one's going to convert. Um, and that's probably another issue in, in the space of terminology of lead. The expectation is, well, we're classing it as a lead. So it should have a very high propensity to convert. Well, there's a lot of context around what that lead is i.e. what action or what intent level was it shown? And then fundamentally, like, they are a prospect and need nurturing. So I know that when we were speaking, I think that's a, another whole topic in itself as to, there's only so much we can do from a media perspective. Once we deliver the lead into the client's ecosystem, we don't really have much of a control over it. And we also can't, can't handhold every individual lead we send through to them to make sure they convert and buy product service, be that in a week, three months, a year, 10 years time, but yet we're measured on that. And we're the only channel that's measured on it. Mm. So this is where it, as an all encompassing point of view, it's where if we start seeding it inappropriately at the beginning, i.e. it's not a lead, it's a prospect. And we frame it up in from an actual terminology or a nameplate that we're going to give the activity that should feed through long-term that over the next few years, everyone's got the understanding is these, prospects they need nurturing not a a lead send it through to the sales team and if it has, doesn't convert blame the media and that's why we obviously end up giving a lot of the time small budgets or with like the afterthought of spent 90 percent of our campaign activity on display we actually need some tangible data from this we'll chuck the rest of the money to you guys and by that point it's probably too late anyway um, so, so would you keep the name lead generation and use that for a different level of intent or do you mean so because what you're saying is that there could be two types the ones that need nurturing so there's intent there but they're not at the point of purchase and this 
could definitely work better with more emotive products, right? Yeah. Whereas when you have like quite a transactional thing like I don't know, life insurance or something, um, it's pretty binary, isn't it? And if you get like high intent, it is going to be it is it is like sale or no sale to some degree. Um, I think my personal opinion of it is that if you're going to have one overarching nameplate, it should be called prospect generation. Mm. The lead type or prospect type is where you then get into whether they're upper funnel, mid funnel, lower funnel, are they marketing qualified, et cetera, et cetera. I think, again, it's just changing that initial word from being like lead. Because say like say in the automotive industry, you say lead and they expect, they just go, right, it's dealer ready. And it's like, hang on a second. Like not everywhere, especially in current market, everyone's being told they need to buy an EV and I won't get into that subject because that, that's another whole can of worms. Um, but fundamentally, like clients from a marketing level will just as- generally assume that it's a lead that's ready to buy or ready to talk. But not 90% of the market don't start off at that point. And more people, they're considering more and more brands, vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. So actually everyone starts off as a prospect. You now need to nurture them into your brand. There's the biggest sort of OEM brand shift going on now. And I don't think this is only on the side of using automotive as a um, as an example, but I don't think that's really that dissimilar from, from any market in any category is that why are they going to choose your brand, your product, service, whatever it is, over another? It comes down to that nurture process of, Come to, oh, why you should be using us over the competition or what makes us unique. Customers, unless you communicate with that with them, they're not going to know. And that's why I feel that I think the way in which brands generally treat leads, that's why I think that's why naturally it leads. And so if you treat them as a prospect, I think that just the understanding or logic behind the two words that shift should hopefully change the mentality of how they treat the data, basically. I've been yeah. toing and throwing as to whether you call it prospect generation or just literally call it for exactly what it is, first-party data acquisition. Bit of a mouthful. I don't think it's particularly slick, hence why I think change the term from pro- from lead to prospect. I think the thing is, you're yeah, in a way, when you think of leads what i was just saying about the binary thing is the way you do actually think of leads isn't it the the nurturing thing can be removed from the idea of it it literally is a person who is going to be a sale or not when in reality is much more nuanced than that and exactly like you said it's they could be a customer but not right now or they could be a customer now you don't know but you know unless you actually engage with these people um in a longer cycle of not just sale, no sale, you'll never find out. I think like we've, a lot of the clients where we speak to them about terms of how we measure the outcome or the success of the activity, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. When we all know if we change our head, like put a different hat on and we think from a consumer's perspective, actually the timeframes are take are even longer. So you can't say that someone, again, bringing it back to automotive, Previously, you look at used to look at maturity data of almost six to twelve months, and our clients are wanting to push it to three months. And you think it doesn't make any logical sense when cars are getting more expensive. No one knows what they should be buying in the first place, and also financially, not everyone's in a position that obviously with cost of living or, I mean, heating bills and God knows what else. Not many people can afford to shell out that much money per month on a brand new vehicle. So. 
I don't think there's a one size fits all that will solve the issue or solve the understanding or lack of understanding perhaps. But I do feel that from a quite a very basic level, just the the point of view or the understanding of what prospect versus lead is, I just feel that that sets us up from a, a better overall understanding for whoever you speak to within that client's business. Because you might deal with the marketing team, you might spend months upon months having the discussions and getting them to understand the difference about fundamentally what we're doing. But then you speak to the sales team or someone more senior within the business and they just go, they've not been there and gone through that transition of the, the mindset and thinking behind of what actually we're trying to achieve. Like for me, it's not just about delivering clients' data. It's more about how do we actually embed ourselves into their business long-term strategy and also get the feedback loop. So unless you have a well thought out full funnel strategy of how you set up the activity, it's not just a case of collect some data, send it, job done. We need to know what's going on with it so we can optimize it for the future or if it's sporadic campaigns or always on. Unless again, you've got that overall narrative and understanding as to the whole approach. I think this is where naturally most of these campaigns have always been a bit on and off or done once and then come back for a few years until basically the marketing team's changed around and you get a fresh pair of eyes on it. <laughs> yeah. Very short term. Yes. Which is probably, it's frustrating because fundamentally I think moving forward, I mean, you look at cookie-less future, this, any type of first party data should be paramount to any client. Obviously a lot of, it's normally being viewed in the, in the way of, you say like insurance or what have you, like quite, top line um, services and what have you that just logically makes sense for first party data for leads so to speak but clients need to build up their first party data for future proofing themselves because once cookies finally do go out the window whenever that actually will be so it keeps getting kicked back every every few months isn't it and um, if they've actually if they've got full in marketing or opted in marketing permissions to contact them directly through crm phone number sms post whatever it might be that's far more valuable for them in the future rather than to keep going out and finding their audience through other other realms of media just this part of the narrative we're also trying to set in as like a sub aspect of what we're trying to push um we don't look at purely we might run say a, a data acquisition campaign but most of the focus is actually on how much how much of that data has gone on to opt in at a higher level or into a wider wider remit because that's more valuable to the client than the cost of the lead or whatever it might be comes down to then commercial terminology do you continue to call it cost per lead or cost per prospect like that's another whole rabbit hole as to how you change that but i think if we can make at least a start from the top like real starting point down then hopefully we'll, five years' time or something, we'll start gradually referring to it as prospect generation and not leads. And you'll be, the, you'll be the man known as Mr. Prospect Generation. I'll be bald and <laughs> literally pulling my hair out, having the same conversations and how many times. But like I say, like, it's, I just think it's logical more than, more than anything. Um, and I just feel that that's going to be the way in which we can grow this area of activity and most agencies and what have you it's like a beeline for either above the line media display ppc which obviously fan they do their various jobs whether it's awareness etc or covering off brand terms in paid search but where historically everything used to be in display 
there's still that aspect where display is maybe not quite so prevalent. There's still, uh, I think, a massive area now for data acquisition, both at, at all levels of the funnel. It's fundamentally, the, the more they top up their upper funnel, so your real top line, um, keep me informed level data, it might not convert now. And I think you alluded to this earlier, is that you don't know whether that customer is going to convert, but they might do in three months' time, six months, 10 years. If they still opted in, I mean, for that upfront cost of 20 quid or what have you, you might have a repeat customers and keep coming back to you consistently for the next however many years. And the ROI is pittance. If you look at it right here and now, yes, you could say it's a high, it, it's a cost per lead. It's really expensive. But reality is, if you look at it over the lifetime value, actually, it's extremely cheap. Exactly. But again, you can get into all these different nuances in terms of what we're actually trying to get to. But I think bringing it back to the main key topic is it all starts from that initial terminology. I think if we change that, it will just filter through and make all our lives hopefully a little bit easier. Definitely. I think um, there's two sort of strands to this that are kind of interesting and worth exploring. On the one, on the one hand, um, it's the semantics of it. Is this term correct? Is it confusing people? We've discussed that um, and we'll continue to do so. But one thing you said slightly early on, which I think is worth bringing back around, is you said some people are just instantly turned off when they hear the term lead gen. And I've experienced that, you know, when we market to people ourselves. But do you think there's an element of that that is a, a hangover from maybe more shady practices of lead gen in the past that people are sort of associating with it as well? I think there is for sure. I think a lot of the barrier is either direct um, experience with that shady aspect of it, or just purely you hear word of mouth. Like end of the day, but if you generally if you're quite senior within the company, you've probably had experience across numerous different businesses, of which maybe you've had your fingers burnt numerous times in utilizing that data um, or that practice. I I, I don't think necessarily the the trouble to entry is so much purely the terminology of lead gen. I think that, that just is a more of a legacy issue um, overall. But I think it's from when you're the main people that ultimately make the, the key decisions from like, either marketing team's perspective, that's where I think the change of narrative will have the best success. Because mm -hmm. it just from a, bring it back more to sort of, let's say common sense, but just general understanding of prospect versus lead prospect summarizes it overall far better than lead because i think lead i think uh, simon you obviously talked, mentioned this bit earlier is that you you view that as like a mid to lower funnel piece of data but actually prospect generation covers everything because everyone within a until they actually purchase everyone is still a prospect it doesn't matter whether you say Again, bringing it back to automotive, I want to test drive because I want to buy a car next week. If you had that as a call to action, they're still not over the line. So there's still a prospect, still in nurturing. We have clients now that where we do some, some test leads and what have you, you might get a voicemail and they still don't even reference to say that you've inquired on a specific vehicle. Or like real, real basic stuff that you think from a nurture perspective would be there. I think actually one of the voicemails that didn't even call me by my name, they just said, we've seen you've inquired on a brand x and that was it and you just think from a consumer perspective if i was actively looking to buy a car that would hack me off straight away it probably put me off like you can't even 
<laughs> address what vehicle I was looking at all by my own name, a personalised approach, which that's nothing modern. That's something we've been speaking about for what, 10 years, 15 years, and technology's been there for however long. Yeah. Um, if we're not even getting the bare bones right, the, the propensity for someone to actually then go on and convert just obviously quickly diminishes, which naturally means we get hit with a the bad stick, so to speak, of your data doesn't convert. I think the other thing is this this idea of leads as well and it being like low funnel is <clears throat> that you might think that, but it's when you're looking at external lead generation that's come in, so you're buying leads, it's not like they've gone through a CRM where they've gone through a series of, you know, okay, they've come in as a, um, I don't know, uh, test drive. Oh, now we've qualified them as a test drive. Now we've booked the definite appointment. Now, whatever. The lead is actually pre all of that. So yeah. that lower funnel, when you're actually thinking traditional marketing um, speak, for want of a better word, lower funnel is actually referring to stuff that's almost transitioned through those CRM moments, right? And yeah. so what happens when it comes into a CRM is this is why your conversion rates, even on very high intent leads, will be, say, 15%. But if you actually looked at it of true lower funnel of going through a CRM before they can become a customer when it's got like, I don't know, contract sent or whatever, you know, your Salesforce or HubSpot is lined up as that might be 50%. And that's true lower funnel. So yeah. what we're, it's, it's interesting when you actually break it down like that, that it's, um, we're using like the, the thing of low funnel, but it was almost like, low funnel but with a lot of prerequisites of whether or not they could actually like transition to be a customer or not i think it's it's really difficult when when we when i try and picture it to clients in terms of nine times out of ten they'll come to us and want they'll say right we want sales ready leads and you go they'll come to you anyway because they know about your brand and know about your product so not really really worth doing and also that's really really hard to find because <laughs> what, why would they need, need to be communicated through these types of activity but like you said it's, it's more like the entry point to lower funnel because just because someone said I want to have a test drive or I want a callback or whatever it might be like sign me up to I don't know call me in a, in a week's time or whatever, whatever it could be they haven't gone through that process yet or they haven't gone through the nurture stages which makes them a that's where you get into say marketing qualified leads or have it they've actually gone through the process and you can then assess the outcome have they hit the next action point i think when you say like funnel i know we we always try and summarize it into three because generally it's a bit of an easier way of doing it but i mean that you could literally have hundreds of steps in that funnel and yes you might you're trying to summarize it into upper middle or lower but where's how do you actually distinguish it? I think lower funnel is so beyond realistically what marketing can do on its own without it then having some kind of brand interaction aspect to it. Exactly like you were just saying. And that, yeah, and I think it's when it's coming from an external brand as well. So like in the traditional lead gen yeah. style, like, you know, the lead generator's got their own brand and they've brought it to the point of someone putting the hand up and going like, yes, I want something. Um, yeah, it's an odd one. It is, it, and this is why I do think there's a slight difference between the type of product there, where it's like emotive, which is vehicle, or like pretty take it or leave it, you know, like insurance or something, where you just yeah, want yeah. 
like there's just certain things that you might want like you know i don't know yeah is my wife's ring going to be covered and that you know as long as that happens and you can get it for x price you'll do it yeah um but yeah when you, it's it is interesting almost it, this idea of funnels with lead generation um and what and the expectations of it but i think what something else you said earlier as well is the um uh, we always say this a phrase, which is a good lead turns into a bad lead in the wrong hands. So um, without sort of knowing that process, once it comes into that lower funnel and beyond there, like that can destroy the quality of a prospect or a lead, whatever it's going to be called anyway. I think where, sort of, as I say, traditionally from an agency perspective, generally the job is being viewed as we're there to find the right data sources and put it into the right pot through whatever mechanic that might be, and that's our job done. Where we like to differentiate ourselves is that actually, before that activity goes live, I want to know what that client's doing with the data. Because if they're not, do more to set up the expectations. Because obviously they'll say like, all right, we're expecting this to convert at X percent because this is what our website does. Really, the reality is it's never going to convert at that level because it has come in through a colder source, whether that's through a third-party brand or a third-party entity, blah, blah, blah. The... <laughs> I'll say automotive is a particular one where I see the biggest pitfall, so to speak, with especially when you've got dealerships, etc. I'm sure there's probably people that might listen to this and then argue with me a little bit on it. But when you talk about um, SLAs in terms of contact rate, we've seen it firsthand where data comes back saying, well, we they say they've contacted it and they haven't. Mm. A, lot, a lot of that goes on. Obviously, some uh, some OEMs or their, their back-end databases are far, far better than others, but where the ones are slightly weaker, we've seen fake data almost up to 80% where the leads have said they've contacted them. We know they've never even rung the number, let alone attempted to call them. Um, and actually, that means if only, say, 20% of those leads are even being called in the first place, propensity, obviously, the, or value from the top-line KPI volume to actual potential chance of buying is diminished before it's even had an opportunity to sell them a vehicle. And I think like, going back to the original point, I work on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, so m most of the work we, we try and do is actually just review that client's processes. We're not going to try and teach them how to suck eggs unless we really, really need to. There's been numerous occasions where we've actually had to connect the marketing team to their own sales team, and they've never spoken to each other before. Don't understand where any of the data is coming from, whether that's website generated or through uh, API connections, etc. And a lot of the time, we're even having to write their scripts for them. Now, that is so above and beyond what a media agency should be doing, and it's almost pushing to the level of do we now become consultants over and above the media aspects? Depends on how commercially it's working, whether it's an FTE or commissions, et cetera, et cetera. But we like to go in the, from, if it's a brand new client, it's, although it might take more time to get something live and it might be a bit more frustrating for the client because they just literally want data and they don't really care about it. We know we're going to be measured on it, whether it's the here and now in three months time, six months time. I want to know that they're at least doing the bare basics right and they're actually contacting the customer in the right manner to show that we've at least got the best, we're advising them in the best way possible to get some results from the data. There's no point in sticking them into a CRM journey that is just for everyone. And I think this is also the biggest thing that needs to be built out for most brands is that 
CRM strategies are very generic. But the way in which the customer is looking to buy a product or a service can be quite different. So how do you actually segment that data and have an appropriate or um, an adjusted strategy based on that segmentation? I mean, so most keep me informed pots is send them five emails and maybe call them in two months' time as a real generic top line, all, all clients approach. But actually, that might not be right for some people. Maybe that you should have call to actions within that CRM strategy to change the status of them throughout that journey. I rarely ever see it. Hopefully, you guys do. Maybe I'm just a little bit more blinkered in terms of the clients that I get to view um, or been sort of actively working with. But it seems to be a generic trend of they just don't don't do anything with the data that you think as a normal human being how you'd want to be treated or nurtured. And it comes back to the point of if we're going to be measured on cost per sale or um, to even uh, whether the lead updates to a certain status, whether it's a, a, I don't know, keep me informed that can, turns into a request for quote or a test drive request. Maybe that's the measurement of success because there's too many nuances outside of the control that can define whether that customer is going to go on and buy or are they going to buy a new car? How are you going to be measured on that? could be new could be pre-registered could be used etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's a very very hard way of tying all the data up together i mean obviously if you've got the right technology in place you can do it that's probably like again it comes out of the frustration of the term lead gen etc is that i think clients just view it as that they're just going to convert don't need to do anything with it don't need to adjust any practices it's just stick them into our generic platforms and they'll convert in three months time I think I think you're right. Yeah, it will. Um, it'll be interesting the kind of reaction we get to this podcast, Callum, because <laughs> I would I would say the podcast we've done before that probably got the most kind of a uh, the strongest feelings, the most disagreement um, was based on a comment I think Simon posted on LinkedIn somewhere. He, he kind of rather flippantly said, "Oh, lead generation shouldn't be seen as an industry; it's just a marketing tactic as part of like a general marketing approach." And I think we said that, not really thinking much of it. And a lot of people kind of pushed back against that um, and said, no, it is an industry. And I think specifically they were, I, I think the lead buyers were kind of indifferent to, to the comment, but the lead sellers, the ones who called themselves lead generators were the ones who were kind of pushing back and sort more as a hint of that you know, industry. Um, where do you kind of see the resistance to this uh, suggestion? I mean, to say whether it's an industry or media tactic, I think a lot of that will come down to the client and the, how they're set up. Are they working within a big agency? If you're working within a big agency and, and that agency controls numerous areas of the media activity, you would class it as a media channel. If clients come into data suppliers direct or are working with an agency only in one particular channel, you'd view it as an industry. So I think it's very much contextual as to how you view that. I view it ultimately is that it's no different, say, from a programmatic display. Is that an industry in itself? But from an agency perspective, it's a media channel. So I think it just depends on how you view it. And I don't think there's a problem in referring to it in either way, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, we could get really nitty uh, nitpicky and argue about that to the nth degree, but fundamentally, it's, it's part of the marketing mix and it's also an industry in its own right. So... 
That's kind. Of, that's kind of where it ended. We, we all yeah. agreed on it. It's, it's actually both of these things depend on where you. Yeah, see. it was a it was a fairly uh, nice resolution to it. But I yeah. mean, in terms of like this new sort of proposition, you saying let's actually change the name of it. Do you think people are going to push back in a in a similar way or have issues? What kind of issues will they have? That's what I'm kind of asking. I can't. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have their own point of view. I'm not. Like I say you bring it back to is electric vehicles going to be the future? Everyone's got their own opinion on everything. I think it seems to be the thing now to just argue for the sake of arguing. Reality is it's not going to make the biggest difference in the world. I think it's more about how you can get someone who doesn't understand or work in this space to understand the premise and the narrative of what we're trying to either deliver for them or well, basically what we're trying to deliver for them or for their business. You frame it in a way that at least then they're going to try view it as a prospect and they actually understand they need to nurture a prospect versus you say to a lead and just go, well, I'm going to expect it to convert in X amount of time. I can't, like I say, I don't really think it's going to change the world. Fundamentally, it's first, if you really want to narrow, nail it down, it's first party data acquisition. It's just a mouthful. It's not very clean and who the hell wants to market it in that way. <laughs> but I think prospect generation just... If you're going to stick it underneath an umbrella term, yeah, I just feel that it's you're going to get a bit more traction and buy-in, so to speak, rather than just being blankly refused for legacy issues. Not sure yeah. that quite answers your question, if I'm being perfectly honest, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so it kind of applies back to this channel or industry thing, though. So because what we're really talking about is the people that view it as a channel, because the people in yeah. the industry all just you know they're used to being associated with it but it's um I, I and after you and i had spoken about it briefly when you had mentioned it that i put a post out saying that which is like it's viewed in two ways depending on where you're coming from with it and so the the reality is the the amount of companies or people that view it as a channel is far bigger than the lead gen industry like by a magnitude of a thousand yeah um, and so really that's where the opportunity is is where the revenue is mm. it's where people really want to operate and so are we able to operate in that sphere better by repositioning the naming of something which is viewed in a negative light by people that view it as a channel i think in terms of yeah Matt, in terms of the the overall percentage like what how you could put a number in it, i'm not entirely sure but I'd say the vast majority of it would be if you make the change, it will benefit. But ju jury's out on it at the end of the day. Like, I don't think this is a new topic. Like you say, you guys have been speaking about it. I've been trying to change it for a number of years internally, just on a, like, to be honest, even the name change to prospect generations only sort of cropped up in the last year or what have you. Ultimately, I was first setting it in as its first party data acquisition. Like, it's data you own that you can nurture for the life cycle of that piece or opt in. But I think it doesn't sound particularly interesting in the slightest, does it, fundamentally? Um, I just think uh, you bring it back to lead gen, prospect generation, fundamentally, it's exactly the same thing. I just think it's a narrative perspective. You can call, continue to call it lead generation, but I think it's just then what you if you really need to with with certain clients or people whoever you speak to in the industry but it's I, had, I, I had a look i had a look around at a few large uh, who were seen as like some of the best 
lead generators of external leads to feed them into companies with in terms of volume and quality and there is a definite shift they don't they don't really have a defined word but i, I was just scanning through websites and there isn't the word or there isn't the phrase lead generation anywhere which i found interesting yeah, i was I like they talk about like customer acquisition and um it was all or sale, you know, and a lot of sort of sales led rather than lead led and things. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I find it really interesting. Like, it just depends on. It can vary also by what vertical or category you're sitting in. Like, like you mentioned, like if you're talking about insurance and what have you, lead does sort of make more sense. But I think if you, it's really hard. Like, are, are we going to try and view this as? the whole sort of industry or marketing channel frame or point of view, or are we looking at this into like the real nitty gritty aspects of it? Like, is it a prospect? Is it a lead? Is it a marketing qualified, et cetera, et cetera. Like everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. I don't think I've suddenly got like the whole industry is going to start calling it prospect generation. I think probably people would refer to that in any way. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen it in other areas of with other clients is that they'll have, they refer to one piece as prospect generation and then another piece as lead generation. Like it's the same thing, but I'm sure there'll probably be people that listen to this and think of another word or another terminology you could use for it. I'm not going to argue about it. Like you, you could, you could phrase it in a numerous other ways. Maybe prospect isn't the, the best way of summarizing it open for debate really. Yeah. I think, I think that key message that, we need to find a way to get people into it who maybe are turned off by just a term. I think it's definitely a good one to end. I think it's been a really, a really interesting subject, and I'd love to hear people have people respond to it. Um, at the, at the before we started this, I think uh, I asked you how I should introduce you um, on the podcast, Callum, and what we said. But I, I do think it would be nice to revisit this podcast in a few years' time and hopefully introduce you as the. Uh, the founding father of prospect generation we'll see uh we'll see if it <laughs> yeah. happens but um but yeah thank you so much for joining the show i think it's been really interesting i think um yeah it'd be great to to revisit this and see see where it goes um that was episode 96 lead generation is it time to change the narrative thanks for listening to the b2c lead generation podcast be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world 